Hiba Shunbo and you're listening to Mommy's Happy Hour, a podcast about all things motherhood related. A quick note before we begin. Today's episode covers a pretty emotional topic, which in Noor's case is her son's health and his seizures that he's experienced since he was an infant, and how it's affected her and how she lives her life. We also discuss some controversial topics such as abortion and with the occasional mention of sex. So I wanted to let you know beforehand that this episode is not rated G, so in case you have kids or other humans that you would prefer not to expose them to this type of conversation, I would strongly advise wearing headphones. I'm joined today by Noor Abuela, an influencer, an entrepreneur, a model, actor, and of course a mother. Her journey as a mother has been extremely challenging and stressful to say the very least. Her son's health has been a constant source of stress which any mother can empathize with. Noor was kind enough to come visit me to record our episode, and I wanted to hear and share her story with everyone. She was also joined by her best friend, Emeni, who is so much fun, by the way, but we'll save that for another episode. I kind of wanted to ask you, like, start with telling us about how you got onto social media and how that kind of, because you're very successful at it. How did you get into it? Did you stumble into it? Was it on purpose? Basically, I used to uh, do laser acupuncture on people and help them quit smoking. It was like a Swiss uh, franchise that I owned and still own here in Egypt, me and my mom. What's it called? It's called Tabak Stop Center. Okay. It's all over Switzerland and Europe, and we are, we are the franchise owners here in Egypt. So I was doing that, and then when I had my first child, I was living in Mariuteia, and I couldn't take the commute Plus having a first baby, it was like a slap on the face. It was really, really hard. Plus having to deal with patients, like quitting smoking, because there's also a psychological part to it. So you kind of feel like you're a psychologist, a therapist, slash a laser acupuncturist. You do it all. It's the whole package together. And how old were you? When did you have your first child? I was 28. Okay. Were you just newly married? Yeah, yeah, I got married and like six months later, I was pregnant already. Okay. Yeah. So that was a lot of pressure on you, the whole acupuncture and dealing with the clients. A lot of pressure. So eventually I wanted to shut it down. So my mom continued. And then I ended up staying home in Maritea, just taking very random pictures. I was always into fashion. You see, like my grandmother, my mom, they're all jewelry designers. So I started just like putting random pictures, posting them on Instagram. And then I started getting collaborations. And my pictures used to hit the popular page all the time, which was like a huge thing 10 years ago. So Instagram was still very fresh. There was not a lot of people on Instagram. So I started getting collaborations and that was the start of it. And now it's, it's a headache and it's work. And it's, it's quite a lot of pressure. Um, I don't enjoy it. Like, like when I started, it was really fun. When did it stop becoming fun? When, I think when I had my second child. Oh, okay. When I had Kayan, and then when he started his uh, seizures, like if it was for me, I would have shut down my Instagram then. Yeah. So tell me about your, your son. Like, okay, how old is he now? Uh, right now he's five. He's turning okay. six. For people who are listening, like who have like kids who have seizures or yeah. those who don't, tell me what is, what is the, what was he diagnosed with? So he was diagnosed, so basically one out of 12 kids statistically worldwide get seizures at least like once uh, up to the age of six, okay? And it comes with the onset of fever. When it comes with the onset of fever, it's still on the safe side. What, what was, when, when, when did he first get, what age? He was one and a half. Yeah, he was one and a half. That was the okay. first one, yeah. And every time it was a completely traumatizing experience. 
And so basically mothers who have kids, a lot of my friends had kids who had seizures with fever. But once they start getting it without a fever, that's when it becomes worrisome. And that's what happened with my son. Like the yeah. third and the fourth time, there was no fever. And and how far between each episode was it? Was like, it, it depends. Like once it was four months apart and then another time it was six months apart. And in the beginning, it was even like two months apart or something. Okay. And then yeah. is it now getting less now that he's closer? Uh, to he hasn't had a seizure in uh, two and a half years, and he's, but he's on the paquin. So that's a completely different story, Ba. And Depakin is a, a drug it's for seizures. A, it's because. against epilepsy, and it's also an antidepressant. Okay. And uh, it has very, very bad side effects, which is like an, a completely different level of stress that I'm going through right now. While he's weaning off, we're at the very, very last stage. And he's been weaning off for over a year. It's very, very slow. Because if you like wean off fast, they get seizures. Okay. So you have to wean off really, really slowly. And the whole process... Once he's weaned off, or even now, if he gets a seizure, this will mean that he has epilepsy. Because while he was on Depakin the last few years, they couldn't tell if he had epilepsy or not. I had to travel with him. They're like, once he's off Depakin, you will know. So this is what's making my life like full of stress right now because okay. I'm traumatized and he could like, and it's especially like I've been, I've been waiting for this time, like the last dose. But I was planning to do it abroad, but because of Corona, I'm doing it in Egypt, which yeah. scares me even more because of like the backup care, you know, the ambulances. It's a bit, it's a scary experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I'm completely traumatized. Yeah. So now you think, it, so you're not sure whether this is going to be the end I'm not yet sure, but like so far, like it's been over a year and he's on a very, very tiny dose now. And thank God there's nothing. Like okay. he hasn't had any seizures, so I like I have hope that that'll be okay. So you've been living like this. It's been what four years? It's been four years. I've been li living in stress, like non-ending stress. Yeah, I know. And how do you cope with that? Uh, I don't really know how I cope with that. How am I coping with that? I got used to it, but yeah. it's it's extremely extremely stressful. It's very very because like you're always tense, you're always afraid, you're always worried, like. Um, I, I went on Ciprolex. Which like, is an antidepressant. Yeah. And even on Ciprolex, I still get like, I don't know how you say it in English. How do you say it? You get like shaky... Uh, shaky, uh, like weak oh. knees. Like when you get like yeah, this yeah. shock in your system, even with my EMDR treatment, I still get this shock. Like today, I still got it. And I get it like very... And when the phone rings, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, if, okay. I, if he's not with me and my phone rings and it's his school, my whole system stops. Uh, if I'm lying in bed, I'm napping, and I hear like, like somebody scream at home. Like if it's my daughter or something, like I get this shock, like he got a seizure, you know. And I'm I'm living like this. It's just it's hell. It's hell. So you're it's like hell. in the flight or flight mode. Exactly. Deb, All the time, twenty four seven. Deb, tell me something. You said okay. So you said that you're on antidepressants. You've been on your antidepressants for how long? I've been on it now for like three and a half years. Yeah. And I increased my dose uh, like a year ago. While I started weaning him off, I decided to increase my dose. Even my therapist, she's like, just increase the dose. This is what it's there for. Yeah. Because, like, you can't live in this tension all the time. Noor has been using a technique called EMDR to handle her stress and trauma with her son's illness. That's short for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Noor's best friend, Ameni, joined in on the conversation to explain more about how it helps relieve stress. Hello. Why hello? 
<laughs> she's she's very very good at explaining EMDR. It's a treatment that's geared towards treating trauma, yeah. especially like PTSD and stuff. Because basically, what happens when a traumatic experience occurs? There's a very strong emotion attached to it, and that's when you get the flashbacks and the insomnia and the anxiety. And your brain is not able to process that trauma because of all the emotional baggage, and it's not able to disassociate both things from each other. Because once you're able to do that, that's when the thought becomes a long-term memory, and then your brain moves past it. So in EMDR is the most bizarre treatment, and it doesn't sound scientific at all, but it is validated with lots of peer-reviewed papers and everything where you speak about your trauma and you follow um, like just a machine that has a dot that goes left, right, left, yeah, right, left, right. It's hand. called it's eye movement desensitization reprogramming. And you talk about the trauma while your eye is doing this movement. And for some bizarre unknown, we don't know what the mechanism is, this allows the trauma to be processed. It allows the emotion that's attached to the thought or to the memory to, to disconnect and you're then able to put, the next time you talk about it, you're less emotional, the time after you're less emotional. So it gradually becomes less and less intense, yeah, exactly the, the yeah. association. Yes. And it actually helped me a lot. It really, really helped. How long have you been doing it for? I did it for a few months and I haven't done it in six, seven months, but I'm thinking of going back and doing it again right now these days, because these days I'm overly tense again. Yeah. And we wanted to introduce Emeni to everyone. So guys, this is Emeni Ismail. She's like my best friend. Uh, when my son was at yeah, hospital yeah. and I had like the most horrible, horrible nights in the kids' hospital. I could cry now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she was the only one there for me. Oh, the big I love you. I'm gonna cry. I know, it was very hard. It was very hard. She couldn't walk. Like, it was horrific. Yeah, I know. Well, she's had to really carry this. She is in the state. Yeah, I know, I can imagine. So really heightened anxiety. Like, it was really, really depressing. Yeah. And, like, we could hear, like, people cry and scream yeah. at night. Like, kids die. No, it's I remember the very first time he had a seizure, she doesn't know what was happening. Like, I kind of saw him dead a few yeah. times. Like, I've seen him dead. I know. It's unpredictable. This is the problem, too. Yeah. So, she's, you know, it can happen at any moment. So you're and then there's like there's no like centers for like mothers of kids with epilepsy in Egypt where we can like support each other because it's it's a very very traumatizing thing. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I hate talking about it. I hate talking about it. You said everything you wanted to say. No, but you know you're doing it's you're doing something great because there are a lot of mothers out there that have you know. I know so many women that have like issues with their own kids and other kinds of disorders and and it's really really traumatizing I, I can imagine yeah, it's, it's because it's also like really unexpected mm -hmm. so like it could happen at any second and like the amount of times it happens it's just it's just colors you know it just changes you forever yeah but you have something to look forward to hopefully That's... everything will be good I hope so but I don't think I'll ever be okay you will be. You will I, be. I don't think I'll ever be. With okay. time, you will be. You never know. I don't know. Like, it's been three years, but I'm still, you know, I'm just like... Sure, it's because, like, the amount of times that it happened, you know, when I thought, halas, everything is fine. Even when he was on meds, I thought, halas, everything is fine. And then it happens again. It's just... Like, I remember the very last time it happened, we were at Mall of Arabia. And I, like, halas, he was on his meds. You know, he was he had just started his meds and it hadn't come back in like eight months. And I put him in Billy Bees to play. 
and I went with Dingo, my friend. On the other side of Mall of Ariba, we went to Casper to have a coffee. And my phone rang, it was my nanny, and of course my heart stops, but I'm like, it's not. And she's like, scream. She's like, Ken is unconscious on the floor, and I had to run through the wall. That was the last time. It was really bad. That was the last time. And it hasn't happened since. We don't have to put this on air. But Sienna, I think it's important. I think it's... So, yeah, so what I have to say, Masana, to all mothers, is just no matter how stressful it, get, it gets, like, this exper these experiences just make you realize, like, just be thankful for whatever. Like, if your kid is healthy, no matter the stress you're going through, just there's people who have it worse. And I'm sure there's people who have it worse than me. Like, we've seen people at kids' hospital. We've, we met women with no money to put their kids in the hospital. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was, it was just, it was such a bad, remember these yeah. nights that we spent at the kids' hospital? It was, it was just like, there was like a woman who came, where did she come from? Like from, from outside of Cairo, like from one of the She's been like traveling and her son was like, what, 12? And he never walked and yeah. she has no money to take him to the hospital. Like the cases we saw were just like- Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. It's, it's hard. I, I hate to say this, but a big part of the stress I'm in is also because we don't really have the proper healthcare here in Egypt. So there's like no backup, you know, like there's no ambulance that's going to come and save him. Like, so that probably heightens your anxiety. Of course, of course. And that's what that's what the doctors in Switzerland told me. They're like, and here, like if you, if you stay here within five minutes, the ambulance will be there and they'll be able to wake him up from his seizure if he gets a prolonged seizure, which he did get once, like it was a bit long, longer than usual. And I had to apply this med that the doctor that the doctor taught me how to apply in Switzerland. Because yeah, they don't even have it here. Yeah, it's like a Valium for seizures that that's put inside the cheek. So basically, I had to like learn how to use this abroad, you know, so I can administer it myself, which is already scary in itself, you know, because abroad they have it in ambulances, but here they don't have it, which is very disturbing. Yeah. But yeah, it's been quite the experience. And I just hate talking about it. And every time I talk about it, I cry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's very traumatizing. But the way you, you know, it's a testament to show like how yeah, you rise up to the occasion, obviously, you know, it's very tough and frightening, but you know that he's your son and you're able to kind of be there for him. Okay. And, you know, we, I think as mothers, that's what also we realize we're like, oh, no, I can't do it. And then, you know, when you're in that situation, you always kind of power through it and you do it. I know. So, yeah, I become I become actually like if you see me, like remember the last seizure, I actually filmed it. Yeah, she wants to, to send it to the, doctor. to the doctor in Switzerland, and I was so cool. Like, yeah, if you she... see the video, you will say, "Wow, this woman, yeah, and he, she has no feelings." No, 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 like, no, no, I was no. just very calm, and I just put him on the side, and I started filming him, and he's just there unconscious, and I'm just taking a video of him, you know, like heartless. But after that, but I have, break down. You know, she, after she that, I'm like, she's I'm destroyed. Like, I'm good in the moment. In the yeah. she's I'm good in the moment. Yeah, yeah. But, but after I, that, I'm destroyed. And it's, I think it's, oh, he had a seizure when he was at the, the club too. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is really difficult. Her, for a long time, she wouldn't travel at all. Yeah. Because yeah. the idea of being like, in another if country. I, when I travel, he has to be with his dad because the only people that can actually give him the meds are me and his dad because they have to be given at a certain time. And if you're late, he gets a seizure mm. because this is why you have to wean off it so slowly. So like the whole thing is really difficult. And back to my social media, this is something that none, like 
barely anyone of yeah. my followers knows about because they have no idea and then i get calls like oh come to this event it's gonna be fun and you know i'm already drained like i'm physically mentally emotionally drained like i'm not gonna come to an event for fun you know if i want to have fun i'll go out with my friends you know have a nice cozy dinner this is my kind of fun but like so like like the to keep a balance between like having the social life on social media is not easy because you 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 you're portraying that side of you the yeah yeah like i remember even when i was in switzerland the first time when i posted a story of him having like his brain scan uh like everyone reacted they're like oh my god we never knew like nobody knows these things i don't talk about this on my social media i don't but that's i think that's normal i think a lot of people on social media you don't see what goes on behind you the have scenes. no idea you have, you have no, no idea, idea. Like, we, like never judge you have no idea what's going on like just the other day i think i posted something that was really my husband and i it was really cute and everybody was like oh so cute i was like yeah well we almost killed each other last night nobody knows that but that picture looks great <laughs> you know what i mean but you're lucky you've got you've got a great support system you have amani yeah and, honestly um, yeah amani is like my yeah my rock <laughs> yeah Also shooting a movie, by the way. Yes. Okay. Tell me. Okay. Tell me about so, this. So, so um, I got this main role in an Egyptian comedy, and we started shooting. And uh, this is I've realized like the two things I'm enjoying right now are free diving. It's my new hobby, and I'm loving the challenges when it comes to acting. Like I'm so enjoying that. Like I'm practicing with my coach. Like we're private training. He he gives me acting courses. And so we're practicing for the movie and it's it's so much fun and it takes my mind off everything, just like free diving. So these are the things that I'm actually enjoying in my life. Okay, so tell me about the free diving because I want you to describe it first. Okay, so I started free diving um, like a few years ago and my very first class, so my, my trainer, her name is, her nickname is actually Golden Fishy. She's amazing. She's a free dive, um, uh, what is it called? No, she's not really an instructor. She's actually a, a champion, a freedive champion in uh, in Egypt. Yeah, she's a real mermaid. <laughs> she's a real mermaid. Like she stays, she stays underwater for like five minutes and something. Like it's insane, yeah. and she goes really deep. So she started training me, and the very first time. But free diving is you're just kind of you don't have any equipment on. No, no, no. It's okay. your breath, and it's all in the mind, and it's like. Yeah, and what you realize when you start taking these courses, it's like it's like meditation because like your mind shuts off, you're underwater. And the first time I stayed one minute and 46 seconds and I was super proud of myself. Mm. And I started taking these courses and I started free diving when I travel, like free diving in different spots, Yanni, and I so enjoy it. Like it's my number one thing right now. So like I don't enjoy my work. This yeah. is my enjoyment. So where do you go to do your free diving? Do you, it's, uh, you said I mean, in, I, did, I, uh, I, mean I did, even in Aina Sokhna, okay. we did free diving. Okay. Like we do it everywhere. But I also go to like some islands, like they're called the Exumas, like outside Florida. And I, I love doing it there. Oh wow. But with sharks and you have all the animals. Mm. And it's so what, what's the experience like? So you dive and you're just kind of on your you own? Just or hold do you just you hold you? your breath, but you have like really, really big fins, the free diving fins, okay. which get you really far, really, really fast. So you can like go really, really deep down very fast and then back up. Isn't that dangerous? No, it, it could be dangerous, but like you have to we be train. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, she trains me. She trains me really, really well. She's amazing. Okay. Yeah. 
And aside from that, I'm really enjoying acting. Like, and that's, but that's something you just started. No, that's something. She, but she no, was I around don't. the time of epilepsy too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I started. Uh, yeah, that I got like a role, which I didn't end up uh, taking. I didn't get, end up getting at the end, but they wanted me in a role. So they pushed me to go do acting courses. And then one thing led to another. And now I got a movie contract, which I signed six months ago. And, uh, it's, and it's a main role. It's a lead role. Nice. So I'm really enjoying it. And how long are you going to do that? How long does it take to produce? So we already shot like uh, a few weeks, which was a few months ago. And now they're shooting like uh, the director is busy shooting Ramadan stuff. And then we're going to continue shooting the movie. And this like really takes my mind off things. Because like I leave the house for like a week, you know, like I don't <laughs> see the kids. I see nobody like, you know, I'm in another world. Like I don't sleep. I'm just. And you get to kiss another actor? No, I don't. <laughs> We don't be acting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's an Egyptian comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. really, really funny. And who's the other? Is can you say it's who the me other lead and actor? Nelly Karim and Akram Hosni and Bayoumi Fouad. It's a comedy, and okay. it's the four of us basically. Oh, great! We're yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. When is that going to come out? It should come out this year. Okay, but then nice. we're still going to continue. We still have some uh, like some scenes <laughs> in Murghada where we're still going to be traveling and so on. Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you can pair both. You can do the acting and the free diving while you're there. I thought about that, but I don't think I'm going to have the time for that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what is the best piece of advice you've gotten about motherhood? About motherhood. Oh, okay. Let me tell you. So when I was pregnant, both times I went to my, um, my doctor for an abortion. First time it was Shala, I'm like, I want to abort. He's like, why? I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I cannot have a baby. I don't want to have a baby. I did not get married to have babies. I never want to have kids. He's like, you will never be ready, Noor. Nobody's ever going to be ready. I'm like, what if things don't work out with my husband? He's like, Noor, just go for it. You know what? If you get a divorce and you don't have kids, you will regret it. You have to have kids and you will never be ready. Like even 10 years from now, you're not going to be ready. And he was so right. I would have never been ready. Both kids were a mistake because I decided to go on, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, I lost on the pill. On the pill, yeah. My husband's actually very smart, I guess, or he was smart. <laughs> so both were a mistake. And both times I went to him crying, wanting to abort. And both times I did not abort. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I think that's you know, that was one thing my sister told me. She was like, I used to always be like, okay, when I was like in between the whole IVF yeah. rounds, I don't know what, I was like, but you know, I have something this summer. Maybe I'll wait until after summer to, to do the IVF because I'm not really ready. She's like, trust me, you'll never be ready to have a kid. So, and that's true because there's always a different stage in your life and there's exactly. always something going on, right? So if you just postpone, you're going to postpone it indefinitely. I would have never had kids. No, and then it's such a massive responsibility. You think I would have never had that you can't That you can't fathom it, that level of commitment until you actually have it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then even then, you're taking it day by day, yeah. because it is a lifestyle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what is your biggest insecurity about motherhood? Um, and I feel always, I always feel bad when I leave the kids. Like, I have to be, I'm a very, like, hands-on mother. Like, from 4 to 8 p.m., that's the time they're home before their bedtime, when they arrive with the bus. And I get very, very... Um, I feel, like, very... Um, how do I say it? I feel really bad if I'm not home. Yeah, mm. she never ever ever goes out in these hours. Oh really? No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. 
Did I answer the question? I didn't. Okay. I get like I get guilt trips, yeah. you know, if I'm not around. Yeah. And this yeah. is really bad because like I don't make time for myself. Yeah, and you're allowed to have yes. time and too. especially since his seizures, like I like I have to have time for myself mm-hmm. and I really haven't had time for myself mm-hmm. in a very, very long mm-hmm. time. Very yeah. long time. What was the last thing you did for yourself? Besides the free dive, I guess. Like the last time I traveled alone was Milan Fashion Week, which was like over a year ago. And uh, and I was tense leaving him, but I left him with his dad. And it was and like, it was one week. And I had a blast. I had a great time. I had a very good time. That was the last thing I did for myself. But you notice like, okay, so your husband has been, you've been married to him for what, 10 years now? 12. 12. And... Does he still need instructions to get things done? I no, 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 no. He's a very hands-on dad. Okay, and good. My, and he's a, he's a great father, to be honest. Yeah. Good, very good. Like I like my my son loves him. Like he's a big part of his life, mm-hmm. and it's important that his dad is around, especially that he's like weaning off the pakeen and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So another thing I'm going through right now is like the pakeen, like weaning off the pakeen is giving him anger attacks and mood swings like no other and it just it makes me cry <laughs> like i cried at the gazira club two days ago i just i couldn't help it because like he doesn't know why he's angry you know and it's just yeah. heartbreaking to see him like this like he just sit on the floor and like be rabba and then he just starts crying yeah it's such a, a strong drug for a five-year-old you know and it's just heartbreaking does he get them often these anger, like these... Uh, these, these days, yes, because he's, he's at the very last dose, which is the hardest to get off. And so what, what do you do when he's like that? I just have to be very, very cold, like nerves of steel. And I have to deal with it very, very calmly. And he'd just go on, you know, angry, crying. And he, do, he doesn't know why. He's just in a horrible mood. But it's draining. It drains me. Yeah. It's so draining. Yeah, I can imagine. The lack of sleep drains me. Yeah, and I go to bed like I sleep like a rock. Because I I get very drained throughout the day. Do you have any advice for young mothers with babies and toddlers? Yeah, the first baby is really, really hard. Like no matter how much you think you know, you know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And those books don't say don't no, 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 just like do, la, la, just stay relaxed, stay happy. If you don't feel like breastfeeding, don't breastfeed. It's like, any, I believe in this formula, like happy mother, happy baby, you know, like breastfeed as long as you want, but there's no, uh, it's not, it's not a must and like, just take it easy on yourself, do whatever you want and don't follow any books for sure. Mm-hmm. Not, no, no. Yeah. The books I felt like I had, I thought that yeah, they drive you insane. Yes, they, they can insane. drive you crazy. They have very different schools of thought, and everybody has different. So then, my daughter didn't speak until like a few months ago, a few a few months before she spoke. She turned three, so I was like, "Is she stupid?" I was like, "You know what I mean?" It's like, why isn't she speaking? But because they say if they don't speak by two, then they need to know. 25 words by the age of a year and a half. I was like thinking, oh, my awesome. my daughter only knows like two words, if those. So I was like, kind of like, oh God, now we have a problem on our hands. Yeah, but it's true. When you're first, you get like, you're always freaked out about everything. You're really, really stressed and like anxious. And is this right? Is this wrong? Is this, I think it's easier the second time around, isn't it? The second time is much easier. And the third. Exactly. And yeah, the third, the poor child's leaving herself. She's her own mother, Yaharam, and she's the cutest thing ever. But you know, I wanted to have a, a third 
I have, I think I've got like a few frozen embryos in the IVF clinic here. But after I went to Australia, I went to Australia a year and a half ago, I came back. Australia was so chilled out that I came back chilled out. Yeah. But all of a sudden, <laughs> so all of a sudden I was like, I was telling Hassan, I was like, you know what? I read somewhere that, you know, it's very good to have an uh, even number of children. So I don't mind having another child, but a third, it'll be odd, the odd number. So let's have two. Oh and God. since I have a lot of embryos left, I've got like four maybe or something. It's possible. It's yeah, happen. He was looking at me. He's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Well, let's think about it next month. I was like, <laughs> so the next month came, but I was serious though. And you continued. Oh, I was serious. So oh, the next wow. month I told him, I said, I'm serious, by the way. So we, shall we go? And then he's like. He's like, fuck that. And he's like, not with me. Yeah. You can go if you want. And I was like, and then I came to myself after like three months in Cairo, you know, with the stress life. I was like, yeah, no, fuck it. You're going to do two more double whammy, like quadruple. It would have been fun. It's nice yeah. to have, I mean, a big tribe. It is. When they're the other side, huh? No, yeah, when they're yeah, older. I was, I was thinking. Honestly, when they're older and they when can send older, them off to get, make coffee for you and like. You know what I was thinking though? This is really bad though. Because I'm thinking I'm an older mom. So I got, I had my kids at 41. So I'm thinking if they have, there are more kids, at least they have like, you know, they're like each yeah, other. Because yeah, exactly I'll probably, why. and I'm like, I'll probably be dead by the time they're in college. That was <laughs> definitely the rationale behind why, me why having another one. Really? Third, that was but pivotal. But you're younger than me. It has nothing to do with that. I, I lost the, my, 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 I have two older siblings. One, and from my dad's first marriage. And then we came years later. So my, I lost my brother. So I was always, I'd always think, oh my God, Maggie, if she hadn't had us, yeah, losing one of two is very dramatic. You lose your siblings for life. Yes, yeah, strong. So I really felt strongly about having a third child from that. Actually, yeah, I'm it's, I'm a it's a very traumatic. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's nice. We're three, and I, I, I'm, you know, I think it's pretty. We're cool. five now. <laughs> but it's wonderful when you're older because you have all these diverse characters and everyone's a pain in the ass and we love hate each other. Yeah, love hate all the it's time. Fab- it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Also, I think for me, it's like I'm forty. I'm forty-four. You know, by the time, if I best case scenario, I'll be fifty by the time I come out of this like whole like baby toddlers. It's like I said, you know, I'm missing it. You know, I miss it. You know, when I see pictures, actually. I'll tell you honestly, I hate the two first two years. I hate it. They are detestable. I mean, I'm with you, but <laughs> conceptually, they're really cute when they're seen. <laughs> Noor for sharing her story with me and being so open about the realities of her life as a mother and an influencer. This is exactly what my podcast is about, keeping it real and sharing our struggles as mothers. Because God knows we all need some support. I am so impressed though, I have to say, with how she's turned her inner struggles into something positive. She has found two hobbies that she loves, free diving and acting, and she values and nurtures the bond she's created along the way with her best friend Emeni. You could actually feel the love and support these two women have for each other, and it's absolutely heartwarming and gives anyone witnessing their strong friendship hope that all of us can find that unconditional support from people other than our family. You can follow Noor on Instagram at Noor Abuayla, that is if you aren't already following her, or visit her website lovebyn.com as well. And thank you for joining me on this episode of Mommy's Happy Hour. I'm Hippa Shanbo, and this episode was produced by Chirag Desai. I'll see you again in two weeks.